Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we perfect the art of keeping the glare off our GBA screens. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I'm always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how's it going? It's going great, Patrick. You know, of course, that I like to live my life loud. That's just, so I would never, ever say that about you. Loud? <laughs> so in, you know, as is my fashion, I was watching sure, yeah. uh, Murder, She Wrote. Right. And there was... what. Loudly cranking the bass. <laughs> One of the things that I find delightful about um, uh, the, living in LA and watching, I feel like, and this is where I need your opinion, I feel like older TV shows is that LA like doubled for shows like Murder She Wrote for a lot of different places. Oh, yeah, right? totally. So yeah. there's an episode well, that in is- like the, the like 70s, 80s, and 90s for sure, LA is being used a lot. It's not until like the mid 90s that we start getting a lot of stuff like in Vancouver or whatever. Right. Yeah, because I uh, so this episode of Murder She Wrote is set in Jamaica, but it is fil- it was filmed at the um Arboretum that's in <laughs> yeah, like sure. Santa Anita, right uh-huh. by Santa Anita Park, because they have this like a uh, beautiful kind of like Victorian style home that's on a lake. And that's what they're using for this like plantation yeah. uh, home in, um, in Jamaica. And then uh, I remember watching Alias cause I, I loved Alias. Mm-hmm. Um, I will not defend the last like three seasons of that show, but the first two seasons, very good. And I remember, you know, at the time they had episodes where she was in Japan and she was, you know, like right. all these exotic places. Then you realize, oh, that's the Huntington Gardens. Everything is the Huntington. And that is the, you know, like parking garage at the Walt Disney Studios. Right, right, right. Um, but do they, I feel like they don't do that anymore. But you're right. Maybe it's because it, it depends they just don't on what, in LA that much. Well, I, I, think, I think it's more common for comedies, right? Because comedies, I think, are generally like smaller productions. Like the, I think always about the, the Good Place filmed a bunch at the Huntington and at like the Getty, like that's where heaven is. The Good Place in the Good Place. Um, but yeah, I feel like more and more, like if you can film out, I mean, everything films in like Atlanta or Vancouver. Like those are, those are the two big places. Yeah. When I lived in Hawaii, the like eight months that I lived in Hawaii um, was between seasons three and four of Lost. Um, so like, and I was big into Lost and I was living on the island where they filmed basically everything. Um, and so like watching the show and being like, I know where that is. And like, that's, even, oh, that's, that'd be so fun. Even when, and not even not, like, especially uh, all the, all the flashbacks where, you know, they claim to be like in LA or, um, you know, Seoul or, or wherever, like all of that. Is well, they just, filmed all that stuff in Hawaii. All of it. There, oh. there are two scenes on the whole show that aren't filmed um, on Oahu. Um, one of them is like a, a Charles Widmore scene where they actually like the actor was in London. So they just like filmed it there. And then there's like one more like really mundane thing like that. Everything else is filmed on that island. It's been a while since I have watched Lost. And so 
is it super do you think is it super noticeable because uh, maybe because you lived there that you're like oh yeah obviously. totally oh, totally okay. it's, it's it's no no i mean it totally it was only because i lived there that i could recognize but like honolulu is a city city like it can double for other cities pretty easily um the uh the airport that they use um which i guess would have been the um uh, in the show was like the sydney airport they were just using the um the like honolulu convention center so like oh, you know uh-huh. and it, the, you can like find those things that that double for stuff but like al- almost nothing on the show takes place in hawaii um except i think that's where they land when a uh, spoiler for season <laughs> four i guess of lost but six of them get off the island and i believe they land in honolulu um spoilers for our patreon uh you should join it uh if you would like to support us in any way shape or form if you'd like to hear more uh lost talk or more murder she wrote talk more accurately you can uh do that uh by subscribing to us to our patreon at the 8-bit or 16-bit tier Uh, you have access to the ncs detective club which is a series we're doing uh wherein we watch the great detective shows of television history and uh talk about them we've done murder she wrote we've done monk we've done diagnosis murder we're having a great time and mark i think it's I think it's some of the best stuff that we do. I it's think a lot of fun. We're doing good work yeah, over there. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We're going to be talking about Psych in April, which That's is right. uh, another show that I knew to both of us before. Yep. So this should be a lot of fun. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Nintendo Cartridge Society. Uh, and then we also have a Discord. Anyone who is anyone uh, can access that Discord and have fun conversations about Nintendo stuff all the time. If there's a direct, you better believe that we are talking about it there. Uh, if there are new announcements of. Uh, games or Legos or uh, movie stuff. Um, people are in there talking about it. Also, just squatting up in uh, like Splatoon or Smash or whatever. If you would like to get in that Discord, you can email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com and we will send you an invitation. Mark, today we're talking about games we want to see on that Game Boy Advance Nintendo Switch online library. Let's get into it. Now, Mark, we've done this kind of exercise with uh, the various Nintendo Switch Online libraries in the past. We've done it uh, with uh, like NES Classic Edition uh, when we thought, like, is, is it possible that there will be a Nintendo 64 Classic Edition? We've built these sort of like libraries before, um, but this felt very different to me. Yeah, one thing that, you know, I hadn't really considered until I started looking at the library for games to potentially pull into my list is what a weird life the Game Boy Advance has, like kind of like what a weird system it is. Because on the one hand, it makes total sense going from the Game Boy to a more powerful like Game Boy Advance. But on the other hand, the system was released in 2001. Yes. And for all intents and purposes, was retired pretty quickly once the DS took off. Right, and the DS comes out... In 2005. In so 2005. So it really only has four years as, like, Nintendo's headline uh, handheld. Yes. Well, and you and I were talking about this a little bit earlier in the week, and I kind of want to regurgitate some of those thoughts here because I still think what I said uh, earlier is right. Um, but there's a lot of the GBA library that feels like 
Super Nintendo style games to me, right? A lot of um, 16-bit RPGs, um, like a lot of RPGs, a lot of like platformers with like, um, you know, detailed animation and, and stuff like that. Um, and in in a lot of ways, it almost felt to me like it was filling the same role that like latter day Game Boy, like vanilla Game Boy games were filling. Like that same sort of niche that like Pokemon was like rising up to fill that like um uh that like Donkey Kong 94 was like kind of and, and 94 is you know still way, like way before this, right? Um but like it it feels like it was sort of just a continuation of what was already happening on the software side for Game Boy. Like you think about the the games that originally came out on Game Boy and um, they were very early NES, right? They were very like arcade kind of experiences or like, you know, single screen puzzle kind of things. Um, and uh, the, the evolution into like RPGs and adventure games and The Legend of Zelda and all that kind of stuff, um, that feels like the leap from uh nes to super nes but the uh leap from super nes to nintendo 64 that leap into 3d on the console side had already been made um and obviously nintendo would make that leap but with the ds um so like it feels like it's stuck between worlds yeah i i totally agree like on one hand like i said it it makes sense as a continuation but on the other hand it totally feels like a system out of time Mm -hmm. um so i was shocked at going through kind of the list of games that were released for the game boy advance one how few square enix titles are on it hardly any and they're mostly like remakes sure yeah but i feel like there are a fair number of remakes i think there's like a dozen square enix published games like but but like over four years, like <laughs> it just doesn't feel like that much. It's like once a quarter. <laughs> and then it's kind of, then like looking at Nintendo's library. Yeah. So much of that is also a- a- NES yeah. games. Mm-hmm. And then uh, some games that are like in the Super Nintendo style. No mainline Mario. There is no it's, I think right. it's the only Nintendo system, maybe arguably Virtual Boy, that doesn't have a mainline Mario platformer. Yeah, I mean, unless you want to call Mario Clash a... Uh, this is, of course, me going to bat for the Virtual Boy. <laughs> we should expect no less. I mean, but it, it is weird that there was a line of Super Mario Advance games. There were four of them that came out, and they were all re-releases. Or, I mean, they're all They're like ports. remakes. Yeah. And then, um, and then just in gaming on a broader scale, like you said, the move to 3D had happened so long ago. Yeah. And, like... I maybe was, I don't know, like too young or not like tapped into the enthusiast press. I can't really remember what the, um, like how the Game Boy Advance was received because. Yeah, well, the I, I know it is a running gag over at um, IGN, the number of Game Boy Advance games that they just gave a 10 out of 10 to, that they were like glowing about these games, partially because um, like that was the only platform where sort of classic, you know, now we think of them as like retro style games were being put out at all, right? That's like, true. Um, if you wanted to play a new 2D Sonic game, um, you know, in 2001, I mean, you're in a post-Sonic adventure world at that point. So, like, those are the only kind of games that are coming out. But there are three Sonic Advance games on the system that are all, like, classic 2D Sonic games. So, like, if 
you were it was it was like an active new retro console if if that makes sense that does make sense because you know like you were saying especially during that time the idea of an indie game yeah it doesn't really exist like didn't really exist and so yeah if you want if you were somebody who wanted the that 2d experience that 16-bit experience that you grew up with the Game Boy Advance was pretty much the only way to get new games in that style. And what a long shadow that casts, too. Because, like, I feel like the two big, like, types of indie game now are the, like, retro platformer action game or 16-bit style RPG. <laughs> like, yeah. that's that's what the GBA <laughs> delivered. Uh, it's like they, they saw, it was so prescient, they saw the future, which was the past, and they were delivering it in the present. Which is now our past, but like <laughs> it just—it's just very. It's—it seems like it was somehow nostalgic for an era before, like the market was. When did you get a GPA? Do you remember? I, th- I think I got it in two thousand one. Like I—I I th- I think I got it pretty, pretty early. But like, um, you know that that ends up being right around the time that I go to college, right? Um, and that's a little bit of just a, a blind spot for me. It's I, I think even a, a stronger blind spot than I have for like um gamecube right um that i I visit i revisited a lot of gamecube games later on wii um and i think there's just a huge chunk of this library that i don't really have familiarity with outside of like the big boys yeah i'm the same way so i recall like one of my younger siblings getting one at some point it couldn't have been at launch. I'm going to guess maybe in like 2002. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't own one myself until 2004, which I, when I got an SP. And so just like you, like there are huge chunks of this library yeah. that I never played because I moved on to the DS really quickly. Like when the DS came out in 2005, I bought like an original style DS and then later replaced it with like eight different <laughs> lights and DSIs. It's right. crazy how many of those systems I bought. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, so, so it was really interesting kind of going through the Game Boy Advance library because it is a system that I like have fondness for, but there are just yeah. so many games on it that are kind of, uh, that I haven't had because, you know, I didn't own a Wii U. I wasn't part of the 3DS Ambassador program. Yeah, so sure. I wasn't able to download those. And when they were available um, for early adopters. So yeah, it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a weird system in Nintendo's history. It is weird. And we we have a, we have weird relationships with it. I think Um, it's also just, uh, it's odd to think of it as a system that like, maybe for the first time, maybe, maybe with the, the, the Wii U in the same category um, of like Nintendo putting something out that doesn't feel new doesn't feel like cutting edge even for them you know like um the fact that it's like a portable super nes in 2001 should not have been impressive and wasn't like it's never an impressive piece of hardware right, right. um and like you, know, you 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 can argue that like the wii's not an impressive piece of hardware either but like it's an impressive feat of like electronic goods it was engineering yeah it's it, yes and it's totally innovative but like yeah, there's there's something about that that Game Boy Advance where it's just like it's it does it's not that technologically special. And maybe because it is um you know, uh a fairly powerful 2D primarily system, 
that it has maybe that's part of the reason why like looking at the library and just the looking at screenshots from it i really like the gba yeah because a lot of most 3d games from this era are not we're, we're just beginning to um cross the threshold of from three, unacceptable <laughs> to like you know like yeah. the gamecube was releasing right around this time you yeah. know like the playstation 2 like those uh you know we had super mario sunshine as part of 3d all-stars and i think that game looks amazing yeah still looks you know good. so yeah. but uh the, the 3d games earlier than this like not so much well, but, but these 2D yeah. games, you know, like from uh, Game Boy Advance, like they still really hold up. They still look amazing. Well, what what is interesting to me is how few of them are like genuine pixel style graphics. Like, especially coming out of Nintendo, there's a lot that looks like the sort of uh, Donkey Kong Country style of like pre-rendered and then like digitized. Um where like I, I I feel this way about the like the Golden Sun games where it's like well that's not like true pixel art like they're trying to uh, convey the idea of like 3D graphics within pixel art instead of being like no it's a you know there, there's there's something very clear about uh, uh, Super NES style graphics that is not really true on GBA games largely right um or at least that's been my experience as I've been uh playing and like researching uh GBA games for this exercise here yeah I, I mean I think the GBA was or developers on the GBA were butting up against what gamers what the gaming community at large was expecting which is yep. like 3D games on the only viable handheld system at a, on a large market which was designed primarily for 2D pixel graphics. Right. And the whole thing is just like a, a, a race against the end as the DS and the PSP like come out the same year, just a, a couple years later. So, yeah. um, all right, Mark, let's talk a little bit about the games that are uh, currently out on the Nintendo Switch online launch library. Uh, pretty small, the smallest of these libraries that we've seen yet. Smaller even than the, than the Nintendo 64's library when it launched. Uh, this thing launches with six games. They are Super Mario Advance 4, which is Super Mario Brothers 3, including all of the e-reader levels, of course. WarioWare Incorporated Mega, Mega Microgames, Kuru Kuru Kururin, Super, uh, Mario Kart Super Circuit, Mario & Luigi Superstar Saga, and The Legend of Zelda The Minish Cap. And then just last week, we mm -hmm. got Metroid Fusion added to that, plat that library, and there are just four, five, four more games that we know are coming sometime in the future. Kirby and the Amazing Mirror, Fire Emblem, F-Zero, Maximum Velocity, and Golden Sun. Those are the only games that are, like, officially announced. Right, right. That we got in, like, the sort of slideshow of, here's what's coming to the uh, GBA, Nintendo Switch Online, in the future. Um, and Fusion was on that list, and then it came out just a couple weeks later. Um, so... We thought we would go through and come up with a couple of games that we think should be added to this library. Um, but Mark, I had like a little bit of a crisis putting this list together because I want to be, whenever we do something like this, I want to bring like my own experience. I want to bring like something a little bit esoteric and I want to be realistic. Like all, all of these three things are always at play. I don't have too much of my own personal experience with the GBA. Um, and then, like, the being realistic part removes so many games. <laughs> so many iconic games for the system are not, like, those Castlevania games, 
hey, they've already been released in the Castlevania right. Advanced Collection. Yeah. They're not coming. Square Enix, like the Final Fantasy 1 and 2, the remake of 4, the re- uh, remake of 6, those aren't coming here because Square Enix has not participated in this at all, yeah. in this venture at all. Um, so there are just a lot of places where I like butt up against what I think the reality is. Well, I can tell you my like experience, and again, going through the list was really interesting because I realized, oh, I played a lot of NES games, a yeah. lot of Super yeah. Nintendo games, a lot of these, you know, like Capcom and uh, Square Enix games that are not going yep. to come to the system or have been released in other forms. Um, the, but, Mega, the Mega Man Zero games, the Mega Man Battle Network games, they're all in other collections. They are not going to be part of this uh, library. And um, so, yeah, I, I would say that my list is primarily made up of games that I have not played. And so selfishly, I want them on the system so I can experience Yes, them. yes. And almost from like a, uh, and a couple of them are more from just a uh, uh, historical, preser- like games preservation yes. kind of aspect. That, that's kind of the the sweet spot that I fell into. Um, so I, I think there is a small handful of games here that are... Uh, obvious based on what the and I, I I don't mean to if these are on your list I don't mean to uh, decry your list as, as obvious um, but there there are three games that looking at the uh, titles that have been announced but aren't on the system yet where you're like ah yes if this is on there then the other one of these should also be here um, and uh, again apologies if I'm stepping on toes but uh, Metroid Zero Mission uh, Fire Emblem Sacred Stones and Golden Sun the Lost what is it called? The sequel to Golden Sun. Um, I'm going to guess Dawn is somewhere in the title. No, it's The Lost Age. Oh, okay. Um, so, something Dawn is the, is the <laughs> DS one. Um, but so the, those, uh, those three games that are sort of like these, you know, it's, it's those same formulas executed again on the system. Um, are any of those on your I had List. Zero Mission on my honorable mentions mm-hmm. because uh, I love Zero Mission, arguably. And, well, I will make the argument that I think Zero Mission is the best, like, 2D Metroid game. Uh, I think it's amazing. It's a remake of the original Metroid with new graphics, mm-hmm. uh, items, an additional area, new mini bosses, and, like, a new Zero Suit section. So the first time you can play a Samus uh, without her suit. It is... Uh, incredible, and I am very excited for the day that it's available on the GBA online. Um, there was also uh, there were some data miners recently that discovered like uh, screenshots of uh, Zero Mission in the uh, uh, the GBA like library thing. So I think even though it has not it yet been inevitable. announced, it is inevitable. Um, I think they're still just like figuring out exactly how they deploy these uh, publicity beats for Metroid leading up to whatever we don't uh-huh. know. Um, so I, I believe that that one is coming for sure. Um, and yeah, Mark, I, I think it's, uh, I think you can definitely make that argument that zero mission, uh, is the best 2d, uh, Metroid. I think it's a little bit harder to make since dread came out. Um, but, and you know, I have a, I, I'll, I'll never give up the torch for uh super Metroid. Um, but I mean, what, what a great series that like, that's the competition. Yeah. Well, yeah. and if nothing else, it makes the original, uh, like the original yeah. Metroid playable. In Boy, my that, opinion, is I, that is true. That is true. Well, I 
Don't think I'll ever finish the original Metroid in its uh, NES incarnation. No, nor should you. <laughs> it's too much. But okay, so then uh, Fire Emblem, the Sacred Stones, and uh, Golden Sun, the Lost Age. Um, Sacred Stones is like its own like separate Fire Emblem story. It's not really connected to the Fire Emblem that's uh, uh, on, on, on GBA, but it is like the other one, right? Um, and then Golden Sun, the Lost Age is the same story as the um original golden sun but from a different perspective um it's sold like monstrously worse than the original so i don't know if nintendo's actually like motivated to put it out in the same way it sold something like 25 percent as well as the original golden sun woof yeah not great um like i, th I think fewer than six hundred thousand copies um it's just not good um and uh, so I, I, I don't know if they, it, like I said, if they're motivated to put it out, but just poetically, it would make sense for those, uh, for all three of those games to be added to the library. Um, but Mark, let's just start from there. We have set the table. Um, uh, I suppose I have one more like bucket of games that I'd like to bring up. Okay. Um, and that is the bucket of notable games that never made it to north america okay um because there's sort of a bunch of them um like really big ones that are uh, either important to um the platform or to like gaming history uh, obviously a big one that comes up uh like right away is mother three um the sequel to earthbound um and, like, that's how we got Earthbound Beginnings is by have these things showing up on, like, a virtual console library, uh, almost always in celebration of Earthbound. Uh, and I understand that, you know, Mother just, like, or Mother 3, like, content-wise and, like, licensing-wise is a tricky thing. Um, but they do release uh, games that had never been localized all, a, a lot on these libraries. They're usually not translated. Um which would make Mother Three, you know, virtually un unplayable. Although but... there, you know, there's that persistent rumor that in the Wii U era, it the tr like a, tr a localization mm. was done for Mother Three with the intention of putting it on the Wii U Virtual Console, right? But that they they never did for one reason or another because of content or just other business priorities right. getting in the way. So, in theoretically, rumor wise, they have a localization finished. Uh, so it it could be in uh it, it could be on the horizons. Also in that bucket, uh, I've got Fire Emblem: The Binding Blade, which is the is either a prequel to the Fire Emblem that is on GBA or that or it's reversed. <laughs> one of them is a prequel to the other one. I don't know which it is. Um, but that's a game that's never been localized uh, outside of Japan. Um, there's uh, Alpha Dreams, first game uh in the like Mario and Luigi style. Um, so, you know, the Superstar Saga they would eventually make, but the game they made before that is called Tomato Adventure. Oh. It's an RPG with, like, two playable characters and, like, quick time events as part of the, the, the fighting. Never localized outside of Japan. Um, would be a very fascinating bit of, uh, video game lore. Um, there's a game called Napoleon, uh, that, uh, was released in like parts of Europe uh and but in uh French it has a different name um and it's like a tactics game where you play as like Napoleon conquering Europe or something um so like there are just all of these little things that there's a handful of others of course um that are I just I I I wish we could have access to them 
in, in a way uh, in, in North America that we weren't allowed when the system was originally out. Right, yeah. That would be very cool. I noticed on the list that, you know, just like the Game Boy Advance was a NES and Super Nintendo port machine yes. for Nintendo, the same is true for the Famicom and Super Famicom in Japan. And they had ports of Famicom Detective Club. Oh, did uh, they? Yeah, on the Game Boy Advance. Of course, oh. at this point, there would not really be a point in putting them out because there's the Switch remakes. But as a like fun novelty, yeah, um, that would be interesting to, to do. Oh, that'd be so cool. <laughs> um, all right. Enough table setting. I think we... Uh, sorry, I'm just looking over like the different headings I have on my list here. Uh, obvious, but um, but based on the announced, never before localized, already collected elsewhere. We're through all of that. Oh, Advance Wars and Advance Wars oh, Two. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um. You know, we get the one plus two reboot camp coming up. So not. I guess they could come, but kind of who cares at this point? Right. Um. All right, Mark. Uh. With that out of the way. Would you like to go first? Yeah, I will. Uh, uh, sure, I'll go first. My first one is going to be, and this is, uh, like I said, a game that I never played but would love the opportunity to, and it's Mario versus Donkey Kong. Yes. Uh, released for the GBA in 2004. It is, to my understanding, kind of like a spiritual sequel or successor to Donkey Kong on the Game Boy, which is like uh, referred to as Donkey Kong 94, um, which is like a... Uh, that game starts like Donkey Kong and then quickly mm-hmm. reveals itself to be a puzzle platformer where Mario has like a bunch of new moves like um, you know like flipping and that sort of stuff that you use to traverse through levels and solve puzzles and that sort of thing and Mario versus Donkey Kong is very similar it's like a puzzle platformer Mario has a goal of getting through he's like Mario is a business owner. He's an entrepreneur of Mario's Toy yes. Factory. Mm-hmm. And you are chasing Donkey Kong through all these different levels in the Toy Factory. And to be fair to Donkey Kong here, like it starts with him at home watching TV, right? He sees a commercial for a banana. He likes it. He keeps going. <laughs> he sees a commercial for these like mini Mario wind-up toys. And his the pupils in his eyes, they turn to hearts. He wants those toys so bad. Mario is too effectively advertising these things to a Donkey Kong who can't afford them. <laughs> so it's a it's a it's a game at its core about capitalism. That's right. And uh I want to play it. Yeah. So Mark, me too. I also want to play it. This was on my like long list. Um uh I, I am a fan of the March of the Minis uh, games. Uh, I never... So, yeah, games. so, like, the, the, the sequel to this that was released on the DS mm-hmm. was March of the Minis. And the, like, wind-up toys, I guess, play... is Are those also wind-up toys? Or? Yeah, the, the, the okay. Minis are, are, are wind-up toys. And so by the time you get to the DS, it's more like a Lemming-style game where it's a puzzle game, but you're not directly controlling uh, the characters. You're just sort of, like, tapping them to start them walking in a direction. And then you are affecting, like, the environment around them more than you are them. But in Mario versus Donkey Kong, you are controlling Mario in this space. He's less acrobatic than he is in uh, Donkey Kong '94, but he, but it's still, uh, it's still like puzzly platforming. He still jumps. He still grabs hammers and stuff like that. Yeah. So the, the, this is one, and it feels like the main, like the one original entry in the Mario adjacent, yeah, you know, platformer thing that Nintendo would do a take on and I think I would I would love for it to come to the system. You know, I feel like there's actually a number of games on my list that had good reception or kind of like 
middling reception yeah. that it would be interesting to experience now removed from kind of like the baggage of the Game Boy Advance totally. when, it was, yeah. when it was originally released and just kind of be able to better evaluate them as just like gaming experiences. I mean, it's especially when you can put them up against something in on the like NES Nintendo Switch uh, online library and it's you know or like something on the super like how uh, is is uh, is the experience of playing Mario versus Donkey Kong going to be uh, better or worse than playing Joe and Mac 2 you know what I mean like <laughs> well, it's gonna be better well, it's also interesting reading you know like about some of these games and the reception that they had at the time and where some of the criticisms of it like the criticism of Metroid Zero Mission that a lot of you know like reviewers docked it points or whatever because it was it's so short like it's a fairly yeah. short experience whereas like that's a virtue yeah you know like how amazing to be able to play a give me a four-hour metroid game yeah, yeah. totally so, um so it's just interesting how those like about that how that what you what matters about these games changes throughout time and yeah. so like something like uh mario versus donkey kong i don't feel like it's talked about that much uh, and it would be interesting to kind of like be able to play it and evaluate it, it just through a more uh, contemporary lens. Can I play an interesting piece of music for you from Mario versus Donkey yeah, Kong? Yeah, please. Um, so uh, th the title screen here, and th this is so cool because like the Donkey Kong is clearly the Donkey Kong of Donkey Kong Country, right? Um, and so this is like Nintendo proper really like using that um, actively, if I think for the first time, because this is before they made um, the- uh, King of Swing. Right, but also the the one with the, the bongos that's not- Jungle Beat? Yeah, yeah, Jungle Beat, that's right. Um, but so like they're really uh, leaning into those designs, um, uh, but they're also like leaning into the music a little bit. So this is the title screen music from Mario versus Donkey Kong, uh, and check out the way that they wind the Mario and Donkey Kong Country themes together here. Isn't that awesome? That is really interesting. You know, it, it's that's also interesting because I feel like whether deserved or not, and I don't know that we'll ever know the answer to it, it seems like Nintendo of Japan has this reputation now of like being kind of uh, begrudgingly using yes. the rare created Donkey Kong Country characters like Diddy or King K. Ruler of the Kremlings, and like yep. they don't want it. Like th there's this idea that they they don't consider that like Donkey Kong, and so they didn't want to like use those characters. So that is and. That is really interesting. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. What's What's even uh, crazier is like a after you do that, and then you advance to the next, uh, like the screen to like start the actual game. The music there starts with that uh, this musical sting from the beginning of Donkey Kong, the arcade game. That like do 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 do. Um. So like in rapid succession, when you start the game, you get Mario, Donkey Kong Country, original uh, Donkey Kong music. Like in like three seconds. That is very cool. It's it's very very neat. Uh, and I just I, I like it when Nintendo is, um, reverent to their own history without it being like a Smash Brothers thing. Like that's just. Uh, a matter of course for this game. Mark, a great pick, uh, Mario versus Donkey Kong. For my first pick, I'm going to be true to my brand on this show and say the Game & Watch Gallery number four, um, which is a, uh, you know, the there were three different Game & Watch Galleries on um, GB, uh, Game Boy and uh, Game Boy Color, um, but the Game & Watch Gallery 4 has by far the most number of uh, titles um, of, of Game & Watch games in it. Um, 
and has access to some of the like stranger um uh game and watch games like buried in it you gotta like really work at it to get to them uh but they're in there and i i mean that, that that's the one that's got um oh uh, is it called uh raindrop the one where you are uh moving um clotheslines around and there's like a storm coming oh, uh-huh. in uh which i in my mind is one of the all-time greats um just you know i'm I, i'm a sucker for these game and watch gallery games and i think number four is the best one which and it launched with game and watch gallery three Game and Watch Gallery Three is on uh, color. Oh, so oh, but that's that is on the, um, the Game Boy Nintendo Switch Online. Nintendo Switch Online, yeah. But okay, got it. And so Game Boy Advance had four, and that's it. Oh God, yeah. One, two, one is a regular Game Boy game. Two and three are Game Boy Color games, uh, and then four is Game Boy Advance, which also just like speaks to the same thing that I was saying before that like. The the Game Boy Color like occupies this weird like half step and uh, that it's almost like pre GBA more than it is post Game Boy. Anyway, well, in uh, a world on the Nint- uh, Nintendo sixty four Nintendo Switch Online that we're getting three Mario Party games, right? It why not give us give us that fourth Game and Watch collection? I mean. Also, like if you're subscribed to to the uh, Nintendo 64, or sorry, the uh, Nintendo Switch Online plus Expansion Pass, you have three different ways to play Super Mario Brothers three, <laughs> right? Like you can do it on the uh, uh, NES, you can do it in the um, All Stars uh, Mario All Stars, and you can do it on the Game Boy Advance. So like, if we're being that redundant, <laughs> like we can at least flesh out the Game and Watch Gallery library. That's a great pick. Uh, for my second pick, Patrick, I also am going to be true to my heart. <laughs> and that means that I'm going to include... I said brand, but okay. <laughs> You're right. Sorry. I was thinking of the Mulan song. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to be true to my brand and heart because I live life loud. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to pick the Game Boy Advance port. It's, not, it's hard to call it a port of Max Payne from Whoa! 2003. Uh, developed by Mobius and published by Rockstar. Original game released in 2001, um, but plays... Max Payne. So plays very different. So here's... I was aware of Max Payne because, you know, I, I like, uh, was subscribed to, like... Uh, uh, oh, man. You're part of the culture. Electronic gaming. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I'm consuming the culture. Electronic gaming monthly. Mm-hmm. That's what I was trying to remember. And I had a friend in high school who, like, had a gaming PC, something that I never had. And so he had... Max Payne, and I remember like going to his house and playing some of it, and so like I knew what Max Payne was. I had played some of Max Payne. I had seen it being played, and um, I I have like a you know I was a Nintendo person for so long. The PS three or Xbox three hundred and sixty actually was the first non Nintendo hardware that I bought, and so I do have this history of like oh this game on other systems is. Like, but this weird version is available on Nintendo hardware. Right. So that's the version that I'm most familiar with. And so uh, Max Payne for the Game Boy Advance is the version of Max Payne that I personally am most familiar with. Why not? It is in an <laughs> isometric perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably like the biggest... I Look, this will not shock you. Max Payne for the Game Boy Advance is not an amazing game. Right. But it's pretty good for what it's <laughs> attempting to do. Like, the biggest downside, I would say, is that enemies, you'll walk into a room, and enemies that you can't see that are, like, off screen 
will shoot at you. So you kind of have to just like walk into a room and spray bullets in all directions. Sure. This is the, this is the early resident evil phenomenon. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but like, you know, it, it retains the same comic book style of like cutscenes from the game and it has the voiceover narration in the cutscenes itself. So the, the, the voice coming through that tiny little. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't like in, in the PC game proper, uh, Max is talking throughout like the levels and stuff, and you don't get any of that narration. And then they they cut out a few levels, um, but kept like the cutscenes, so the story's intact. I mean, it really it it's a solid like six. You know what I mean? Like sure. it's not a bad sure. game. It's a crazy way to experience Max Payne. But the the thing about it is one, you know, like I did play it. I think it's a decent game, and there's far worse games on Nintendo Switch Online right. libraries. But the other reason is that... Take that, Joe and Mac, too. <laughs> Catching strays in this episode. That's right. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the other thing about this is that sometimes we see new games being added to the NES library or the Super Nintendo library, and they are just these random third-party titles where it's, like, a little bit, like, who cares? Like, why is this getting put on there? But I, uh, especially like a weird, odd, like license, not license game. It wasn't licensed. It was, um, you know, published by. <laughs> it is funny that it feels like it's. It feels a, like a license yeah. game. But yeah, like pub- it was published by Rockstar. And, you know, like, will it ever show up on the Game Boy Advance Nintendo Switch Online? I don't know. But I hope so because I feel like these sort of oddities don't really exist anymore. It's kind of the same reason right. I have a soft spot for license titles because license titles don't exist anymore in the way that they used to where they and i think it's just because developing games is so much more expensive now right like these things especially the game boy advance and like the ds kind of like lower powered systems that were aimed at we'll say a family audience that they would get so many kind of like weird titles that whether they're licensed titles or you know like a max Payne for game boy advance and I want some of that weird history to be preserved and to like continue yes. to persist and exist because it it doesn't feel like we get that sort of like weird aspect of gaming anymore when it just feels like everything's kind of becoming mm-hmm. more homogenous. Um that's I mean all, all of that is uh, a true and a great point, but I also want to just like direct us to we we haven't talked about this yet uh you and I in our lives. Um but uh, Nintendo did just reveal the like next set of games coming to the uh, NES, Super NES, and Game Boy uh, libraries, and they include Xevious on the NES. So like a a, a weird uh, sort of like one off game, Side Pocket, a pool game for like a billiards game for the uh, Super NES, dope, which just falls into one of those like what is this? Um, but the the Game Boy games, one of them is Kirby's Dream Land Two, makes perfect sense, and the other one is Burger Time Deluxe. Oh, interesting. Because Burger Time on Game Boy. What I could totally be misremembering, but I don't think Burger Time was on the list of titles when they were like, "No, these are future Game Boy games coming." It was to not. The, yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. Right. I am also not sure that Kirby's Dreamland was either. Kirby's Dreamland too. But uh, wh- whether it was or not, the point I'm driving at here is Burger Time Deluxe on Game Boy is basically the same concept as Max Payne on Game Boy Advance, (laughs) right? Where it's just like, why does this port exist? And it's like, because someone will know the name Max Payne, will know the name uh, Burger Time, and have a Game Boy or a Game Boy Advance. I mean, I was exactly the audience for for that. 
Um, so yeah, my, so my I would love I would love if Max Payne for the Game Boy Advance shows up on the library. That would just be absolutely amazing. Uh, I'm gonna piggyback off of this same idea um, because your description of like an isometric, um, like close enough sort of to uh, a game that is uh, on like other more powerful hardware. Um, I'm going to go to Banjo Kazooie Grunty's Revenge. I didn't know there was a Banjo Kazooie game for Game Boy Advance. Mark, there are two Banjo games. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> are they 2D platformers? Well, so, okay. So, uh, Banjo Kazooie Grunty's Revenge is a like top down platforming game. Oh. So, like, it's, it's a little bit like, uh, you know, Legend of Zelda, um, Link's Awakening, or uh, Link to the Past style, but with the ability to jump between platforms. Um, and it has a lot of the same, like, moves and like you know you can uh jump and have uh get like a little bit of a boost in your jump from uh, kazooie flapping her wings or like pecking around with her beak or whatever um and a lot of the same characters and it's just like a 2d overhead recreation of the same style of gameplay as uh banjo kazooie with far less uh like environment uh variety um but the story of the game is that Grunty, the witch uh, and villain from the first two games, from Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie, goes back in time to prevent the events of the first game from happening, and you follow her back in time. Amazing. So, like, do you want to tell me I can't play that? Come on. <laughs> um, uh, it was um, uh, released, you know, well after Microsoft had, had purchased... Um, uh, rare, rare. Thank you. Uh, away from Nintendo. Um, so I, I believe it's like published by like Natsume or someone like that. Um, but it would be very cool for Nintendo to uh, you know like work with Microsoft to get it out on this library, especially because it's not part of the Rare Replay um collection, so it's not available to play on Xbox. Do you um do you have had you played this game have no. you ever played this game no i discovered it in my research yeah just another reason i'm just curious what the uh the music is like because it seems like all the ingredients yeah. are there that it could be really good i mean it's i struggle a little bit with the uh gba uh like sonic landscape um i think the sound chip in it is a like less attractive version of the super nes sound chip and it's always coming out of that tiny little speaker mm -hmm. that sounds uh Capital B bad. <laughs> um, so, and I, I have I have found that as I'm playing the games on the Nintendo Switch, um, that uh, I'm enjoying the music more just because it's coming out through like a, a real speaker, um, or like my sound bar <laughs> on my TV. Um, but uh, so yeah, I, I that that's a little bit of a hurdle that I am I'm still getting over. Mark the other banjo game, and this is just going to be an honorable mention for me, is a game called Banjo Pilot. It is sort of uh, rare making good on the Diddy Kong uh, pilot, the sort of like sequel that they were working on to Diddy Kong Racing, um, but, you know, was uh, in, in various states of no good and Nintendo like kept uh, delaying it and never releasing it. Um, but Banjo Pilot, which is, uh, it's a kart racer where you're only flying planes and it's uh, the characters are all Banjo-Kazooie characters. Um, and it's like a fully-fledged, like, kart racer in planes. Wow. That came out on the uh, GBA. I would crazy. also I would also like to play it, but I'm putting it in the honorable mentions category. Yeah, if, if only one can make it to the, to the library. That's right. It should be Grunty's Revenge. Grunty's Revenge. Yeah. 
my next pick is one that I don't know exactly how they would pull it off. Maybe like the IR sensor on the uh, the right Joy-Con could be used for. Anyways, I'm talking uh, because mm-hmm. I'm talking about Boktai. Yes, the sun you is in are. your hand, which I believe we've talked about on this show before. But it is a Game Boy Advance game, obviously, where the game's cartridge on the GBA had a photometric light sensor that measured like the light exposure to the sun. And so when you start up this, this is also a game that I've never played, but I've been so fascinated by just because of this gimmick. Uh, It was produced by uh, Hideo Kojima of Metal Gear fame. And now I guess of uh, Death Stranding Death Stranding fame. But the so when you start up the game, it like asks where you're located because it tries to sync the action of the game to your location because the time of day is really important. You have a weapon in the game that is charged up by the sun, and the way that it gets charged up is because you are literally, you know, like uh, um, out in the sun, and that photometric sensor is yes, you know, filling up, and when you're gun run or when the weapon i think it's a gun like runs out of power everything all the enemies and everything become harder and so uh i this is such what a like, terrible night for a curse <laughs> it was such a you know unique idea for a game i just don't think it like anything like this is the, there were a couple of sequels one that was released in uh the u.s one that is Jap- japan only but um I would just I would just love the opportunity to play this game as it was meant to be played. Uh would it be fun? I don't really know. Would I have the patience for it? At this point in my life, I doubt it. Right. But what a cool experience. What a fun idea and something that I think would be awesome if they found a way. And that's why I was saying, like, oh, like maybe the IR sensor, because it's like light sensitive, could be used as a facsimile. I don't actually really know how that would work. But... Yeah, it's I mean, just like uh you must have been able to trick the original one by like exposing it to like a light bulb or something, right? Yeah, I I I actually don't know. It would make sense that that were true. I mm-hmm. don't know if it was like measuring specific like uh uh bands of light that only <laughs> the sun, you know, can or one of those that, like that sad lamps. So can, ad- that feels so advanced. Yeah, that's right. If you have measure, a sad lamp, then, yeah. then it's okay. So you just got to find like a college somewhere where they've got sad lamps set up. Um. That's the only place I've ever encountered a a sad lamp. Uh, yeah, uh, maybe I feel like I've seen it on people's desks in like an office. Mm. You know, if you're away from the windows and it's winter time and stuff. That makes sense. That's it. That's uh, Bakhtai is a good pick. Um, where should I go next, Mark? All right, I'm gonna throw down a challenge one. I don't know what that means. The challenge is Mario <laughs> Golf Advance Tour. Okay. Because I've been hearing forever about how uh, Mario Golf on the Game Boy Advance is like the one that got so it right. True. So um, true. And I just need to experience that. <laughs> I need to see what people are measuring every Mario Golf game against since it came out. Um, I need to experience that. I need to see why it's fun. Uh, so let's get Mario Golf Advance Tour on the NSO library. Yeah, man. Th- my understanding of why it's so revered is because it like 
tr- has true RPG elements. And that's what I keep hearing. But yeah. like, how true? But like, can what that, be? that means? What does that mean? How does it manifest itself? Yes. Like, I, why does that make yes. it so much more fun? I'm I'm with you. I, it'd be very interested to experience that game. Uh, w- uh, I would anticipate spending very little time with it. But like, I just I just gotta know. Like, I just gotta be like, hey, is this actually special? Let's find out together. I have a bunch of uh, like honorable mentions mm. that I w- would like to just like touch on in passing okay. at the end, probably. Yes. Yeah. But this is my last like pick pick. This is your last solid pick. Yeah. Okay. And it is uh, another game that I never had the opportunity to play. And we actually touched on it a little bit earlier when we were talking about Mario versus Donkey Kong. And this is DK King of Swing, which mm. was released in 2005, um, developed by a Japanese company called Payon and published by Nintendo. This is another one of those, like, again, now the reputation is Nintendo, you know, like Nintendo of Japan um, really disliked the Donkey Kong Country and kind of like used it begrudgingly if they used it at all. But this is one that, again, like, features Diddy Kong, features K- King K. Rule. Mm-hmm. He's like the villain of the game. Plays like, as I understand it, like Clue Clue Land, the yeah. NES game. I've got bad news for you, Mark. <laughs> Where, is it not good? This is not a good oh, game. Oh, really? This yeah. is one that I wasn't sure if it was like, oh, we need to evaluate it. No, we away do not. from no. you know, like the. Uh, I don't the, think the there's a, I don't think there's a context where this game makes sense or is fun. Well, Clue Clue Land was an NES game where you are like kind of like in a maze. It's not a maze. It's a grid, uh, like a field that has different pegs on it. And when you come up to it, come up to a peg. If you want to change your direction, the only control you have is kind of like reaching out. I don't even know what it is in Clue Land. Your tongue, a, yeah, an arm. No, it's yeah. You've got like little claws to and like grab you, one of the pegs mm-hmm. and swing yourself in the direction you want to go. And so you, that, like, you you are selecting like right hand or left hand. So like depending on which direction your little dude is facing, that you know right hand could be the hand that is like up. It could be the hand that's down. It could be the hand that's left. It could be the hand that's right, depending on which direction he's facing. Um, and uh, if he grabs a pole, then he'll spin around that pole. Uh, and this is exactly the way Donkey Kong or DK King of Swing uh, controls. Except instead of being on like a grid, you're it's, climbing. You're like, it's a yeah. platformer right. of a sort. Of a sort, yeah. Um, but it is like maddening to like wrap your head around <laughs> the, the control scheme of this game. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, Mark, I simply cannot endorse this pick. <laughs> Well, no, it's a good curiosity, though. Yeah, I, I, I mean that that. How funny that that's the one that you've played and are like no, <laughs> no. Well, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I would be interested in playing it, and I feel like it's one of those uh Nintendo curiosities that, especially because of its kind of like history, you know, yep. between Donkey Kong Country games, still using Donkey Kong, still using some of those characters. Uh, I think it would be interesting to check out. Uh, okay, so uh. I, I suppose I, I still have two more, like, picks. Sure. Picks. Um, thing is, I just, like, made a list of games that I, I... Again, remember I said I had all these, like, other headers? Yeah. Um, and this header is uh, genuine candidates for this exercise. Um, and I still have five games less yeah, left on, 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 on my genuine uh, candidates for this exercise. I'm going to go with Drill Dozer. Um, a game that I have never played, but it is, comes out of, uh, uh, it's a Game Freak game, uh, the people who make all of the Pokemon games. This one has a good reputation, right? Great reputation, yeah. Um, and it is a platformer where you play as a 
uh, a girl in a like tank uh, kind of thing, like a mech um, that just has like a giant drill on the front of it. So she moves left to right, she jumps, um, and then you can drill forward or in reverse. Uh, you know, the, the right trigger is drill forward, the left trigger is drill in reverse. And everything in the game, all of the objectives are built on your ability to drill and reverse drill. So there are some things where like you're drilling into a wall and the wall breaks and you uh, get access to new areas that way. But you can also dr start to drill into something and then reverse drill and it like shoots you back out. Um, and it's just that kind of thing where... Um, the drill becomes your main way of interacting with everything. Uh, and it's just these sort of like platformer puzzles of like, okay, how do I get through this? I know I'm going to use my single tool on this some way to advance. Um, and it just seems like it's be a, like it'd be a ton of yeah, fun. Yeah, that seems like a great pick. Um, uh, a game I've never played. <laughs> uh, and then... And then I gotta go. I gotta go with the Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past and the Four Swords. I had Four Swords in my honorable mention. Yeah. Um, because I well, Link to the Past. It's an interesting version of the game because it was mapped for two buttons and how they got around that and all that kind of stuff. Crazy. But uh, Four Swords is very cool, and I know that there's Four Swords Adventure, and you know, like Triforce Hero, that kind of is a play on it. But yeah, it would be. And they've given away four swords, like on the 3DS. They gave it away, right? Um, as a, I can't remember what the occasion yeah, was. Yeah, I can't but remember either. For some reason, you could download it for a limited time. Uh, but yeah, it would be awesome to see four swords come back, especially because, and we've talked about this with like uh, Triforce Heroes, of like that these kinds of uh, multiplayer Zelda games where you need to have multiple people playing, um, barely make sense for the systems that came before the Switch. With Switch, there are so many users, so many people have it, and the online is good enough, um, and, like, your friends list is robust enough, and it has, like, this whole other app if you want to communicate with people, whatever, um, that, like, why doesn't a game like that exist on Switch right now oh, to play man. together? Yes. I mean, Four Swords, yes, but that just makes me be like, give us Four Swords Adventure. Give us Four Swords, Four Swords Adventure, Triforce Hero, like, give, give us all of them. That would be so cool. That'd be um, so much fun. Yeah, it's uh that that one feels like a a no brainer to me, and like yeah, it doesn't mean then we're putting another version of Link to the Past on here. Sure, there are three versions of Super <laughs> Mario Brothers three. I think it's okay. I think we'll survive. Um, all right, so we're just into honorable mention territory at this point. Okay. Um, uh, I will start with one, Wario Land four. Um, the Wario Land games are uh, endlessly interesting to me, um, but I don't have a ton of patience for the uh, two Game Boy Color games, uh, Wario Land 2 and Wario Land 3. I believe it's 3 that's on the uh, Game Boy um, Nintendo Switch Online right now. Um, just because I kind of find the, uh, the color aesthetics of the Game Boy Color to be like repulsive, I'd rather they be in, uh, you know, pea green, black and white, you know? Um, but uh, the uh, Wario Land 4 is a, you know, full color version of Wario Land um, and has that very, like, uh, you know, 90s Nickelodeon, like, gross-out aesthetic to it uh, that I find uh, fascinating before, like, the, the series switched over to... I mean, Wario Land Shake It is a game that I love on, on the Wii, um, but that is, like, a sanitized version of the art style. Uh, Wario Land 4, it's still ugly, but it's in, like, a... <laughs> Fun, colorful, ugly kind it's of in way. In the Wario spirit. That's right. 
Uh, one, actually, it's three honorable mentions wow. tied up into one. And uh, again, it's kind of like the, ooh, I don't think these are probably very good, but I think they should exist. So that way they can like persist into the future. And that is the Donkey Kong Country games being ported mm. to the Game Boy Advance. Um, now, Don- why, why wouldn't they be very good? Oh, I just because they're like you can play the originals, right, you know, on right. uh, the Super Nintendo, Nintendo Switch Online, and I'm sure these are inferior versions. I just, you know, I think back to conversations we've had in the past about the um, Game Boy Mega Man games, yeah, and how they are at least, uh, as I remember our conversation, remakes of like NES. Mega Man games for the most part. They're kind of remixes, except for number five, which is like whole cloth new. And you just like they don't exist anymore. Right. You you aren't able to play yeah. them, you know, of in like illegal means. Nintendo Capcom hasn't packaged them up and put them for sale anywhere. And it's like, yeah, like, are these maybe I haven't played them. Are these maybe not the best versions of Donkey Kong Country? Like I imagine that's probably the case. I imagine the Super Nintendo versions are. But also, why why wouldn't they be? A Game Boy Advance is not less powerful than a Super Nintendo. Yeah, I don't know if they had to make it has compromises fewer buttons, for like, I guess. But... Oh, I just yeah, I just didn't know if they needed to make compromises like you know, like they did for the Game Boy, like screen real estate, so you just don't see like yeah, as maybe, much. Yeah, maybe. I'm just not sure. But I but uh, like you like. You keep bringing up in a very salient point. There are three ways to play Super Mario Brothers, and <laughs> yes, it feels right. like the Donkey Kong Country games. I mean, on the on the regular Game Boy, I'd love to see the Donkey Kong Land games. Absolutely, put on there. absolutely. Why those? I mean, the the Game Boy library is very uh, new still at this point, so they may be coming again. Burger Time Deluxe. So like, <laughs> I feel like there are no rules. Yeah, anything could happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd I'd love to see the the Donkey Kong Land games. Um, on the on the Game Boy, and yeah, let's have the let's have the uh, the country games on on GBA. Um, in that same vein, I mentioned that there are um six Sonic Advance games that, or sorry, three Sonic Advance games that are all um like two D Sonic games. Um, uh, I'm sure they're not like the greatest, but I bet they're pretty good. Um, so like. If, if we could have those on there, that that would be awesome. Mark, I have a question for you. Yeah. A, li- a little, like, trivia question. Uh, which do you think there are more of in the Game Boy Advance library? Tony Hawk games or Shrek games? I would... I'm going to guess... Tony Hawk games? It's a trick question. They both have seven <laughs> entries. <laughs> more than Mario, more than Final Fantasy, more than anything. Incredible. Except for uh, there are 10 uh, Yu-Gi-Oh games on, 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 on Game Boy Advance. So I guess Yu-Gi-Oh edges them out. What kind of, uh, I, I don't know if you, your research went this deep, what kind of games are the Shrek games? Is it all like different types of games? I refuse to look into it. <laughs> I of course I forgot your strict no Shrek GBA games <laughs> rule. Look, if they want to put out a hey. sh- a Shrek GBA collection, like that's Patrick. Everyone has to have a code. I'm not. You're right, you're I'm right, not begrudging right. you. Man has to have a code. Um, I'm also interested in trying out WarioWare Twisted. Oh yeah, um, the WarioWare Mega Micro Games. Uh, it, WarioWare Incorporated Mega Micro Games. The name of that game uh, throws me all the time. Also, the S at the end of Micro Games is a dollar sign. <laughs> um, but the uh, uh, the twisted version of the game has like an accelerometer built into the 
um, the cartridge itself so it could like read you tilting it. Obviously, the uh, Joy-Con and Pro Controller can do all that stuff. Ditto Drill Dozer, uh, it's not an accelerometer, but it has rumble in, in that cartridge. I think it's neat how between uh, Bokai, Drill Dozer, and WarioWare Twisted that there's all of this like extra hardware built into the games um, to make the system like do more. Um, and most of those things can be done on what the Switch is already. So it'd be really cool to bring uh, bring that game to the system as well. And you were talking about earlier games that were that never made it out of Japan. And the original Rhythm Heaven was a yes. Game Boy Advance uh, game that was exclusive to Japan. It's been a while since we've had a a Rhythm Heaven game. The last one was like one of those collections, like WarioWare Gold on the Nintendo 3DS that kind of packaged up a best of. Um, but that would also be cool to bring over here. And they, those don't require that much, like, uh, to my memory, there's not a lot of, you know, like dialogue in those, like, uh, right. it feels like it could be brought over pretty seamlessly. Um, I have two more, two more games I wanted to shout out, um, that are both like, basically just like versions of games that appear elsewhere, but, um, Street Fighter Alpha 3 Upper, um, it is one of the, uh, so Street Fighter... Street Fighter Alpha 3 is sort of like the definitive full version of the Street Fighter Alpha games. Um, but on both GBA and PSP, there were these versions that were like subtitled Upper that had a few more characters in them um, that you couldn't play on the home console versions or in the arcades. Um, so I, I would like a chance to play a version of Street Fighter Alpha 3 with those three extra characters in them. Remind me, what what is Alpha? Alpha takes place between Street Fighter and Street Fighter 2. Oh, okay. Um, so the, the timeline of Street Fighter uh, goes Street Fighter, and then Street Fighter Alpha, which would come out in like the late 90s, uh, and then Street Fighter 2, and then Street Fighter 4, and then Street Fighter 5, and then Street Fighter 3 is like oh, the end of it. Okay. I don't know when exactly Street Fighter 6 takes place. Maybe probably after five, but before three. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was a, uh, it was like before they were ready to move on to Street Fighter 3, they were doing like the sort of like interquel series, this prequel series to two um, that was, had like cartoonier graphics and like did more with um, like meters and gauges and stuff. So like building up super moves and like ultra combos and stuff like that. Um and it's a, a, as far as the Street Fighter games are concerned, is a little bit of a blind spot for me, um, just as I wasn't like in a, you know, there there is a version of Street Fighter Alpha 3 on Super NES, but it's like a late Super NES game. It's like a 1997 Super NES game, something like that. Um, so I, I never had it, never really got to play it at home. Um, but yeah, I, so I'd, I'd love to play this, this version on the GBA. The final games that i'm going to shout out again not familiar with at all but of course there are pokemon games on the system um including ruby sapphire and emerald uh, the the third version right and then uh fire red and leaf green remakes of uh red and blue slash green this is also where the uh mystery dungeon games uh get their uh their their genesis uh is on on the system as well so it's just a, it's just a lot of uh, Pokemon games. Not as many as there are Shrek games. <laughs> uh, what about we we haven't touched on the uh, the pinball games? There's a Pokemon Pinball and a uh, a Mario Pinball Land. 
Um, did you encounter any either of those? No, in, in I've your never. Research? I've never played either of those. The Mario Pinball Land looks bad. Um, like there, there's a there portions of it look like the boss fights from uh, Kirby's Pinball. Uh, what's that game called? Kirby's Pinball Land. I can't remember. remember we played this for Kirby remember, Month? Yeah. Um, but there were like those boss fight areas where it's just like one little room where you had to like, uh, you know, uh, attack the 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 enemy using Kirby as as a ball. Um, that seems like the entirety of the game, um, oh. instead of just like a, a little side mode, um, which feels like a bummer and a missed opportunity to me. But um, I don't know. It may, 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 maybe it's weird that they were still making uh pinball games for uh the, the game boy advance all right mark do we have anything else to say about uh games we want to see come to the gba library on nintendo switch i mean just that going through this library and you know talking through your picks uh it just makes me realize there are a lot of interesting game boy advance games mm -hmm. that uh could still be added to the library that i want to get my hands on these like oddities oddities uh there's one one last thing i want to like uh talk about here uh and mostly because we didn't really talk about it, uh, why do we not have any of the uh, rest of the Super Mario Advance games on here? Just because they're re-releases of games that are already available on the system? Yeah, th that's really interesting. It didn't even cross my mind. Yeah, right, where it's like, why would I want another version of Super Mario Brothers 2? Again, we already have two versions of it. <laughs> <laughs> but not one where Mario won't shut up. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, Mark, let's close this out. Of course, if there are any Game Boy Advance games that we have neglected to mention here, it doesn't seem possible. It feels like we talked about the whole <laughs> the whole library. Uh, and please don't uh, tell me what any of those Shrek games are like, please. Uh, but you can write into us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Um, I guess we didn't talk about any of the uh, like Final Fantasy games, really. Um, there's a uh, Final Fantasy uh, Tactics Advance that's on there, too. Um, but I'm just like... Again, this is the realistic side of me where I'm like, Square Enix is not putting anything out yeah. on this thing. Um, sad, but true. That's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Uh, thank you to our 16-bit patron, Connor McCabe. Thank you, Connor. We appreciate you. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MK Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. We also uh, have the Discord, which you should get in so that you can have fun Nintendo conversations with us all the time. Uh, write into us for an invitation nintendo cartridge society at gmail.com anthony deluca made our logo our theme music is provided by 8-bit betty you can get more of his music by going to 8bitbetty.com or by listening right now for my co-host mark mitchell this is patrick ellers saying thank you for listening <laughs>